but first, huh? I must check my bread. <laughs> The podcast for the study of modern visual culture coming to you live. Not really. It's your girl, Swan Drawn. And who am I joined by? You are joined by your boy, XXX underscore Sephiroth42069 underscore XXX. Oh, yeah. Remember let's, to follow. Let's subscribe. get this bread, gamers. <laughs> and also donate all the biddies that you have. Because today we'll be talking about Yakuza Kiwami, let's go! <laughs> okay, that's not quite right. That's not quite oh. right. But you said we would. One day. One, we'll do it one day, but not but today. That's, that's all I've been doing. <laughs> oh, well, that's XXX unfortunate. XXX Sephiroth War 2069 XXX. That's all I've been doing. <laughs> Don't take this from me. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. I I'm, I didn't want it to have to be this way, but it is. <laughs> uh, but no, for real today, at stands for affiliate tenacity because we'll be talking about Twitch.tv. Uh, before we kick things off, we will be talking about what we've been up to, like Yakuza Kiwami. But first, you can go soup. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I'll I'll go first. Well. <laughs> Prior to the recording of this episode, I almost burned my house down because I went to preheat <laughs> the oven, and it turns out that someone had left some food scraps in there, and now mm. my entire house is full of smoke and we're airing it out. But it's okay, <laughs> because the oven has been cleaned, it has been preheated to 450, and now my bread is in there for 30 minutes. So, <laughs> yes, I have, I have not made any bread since uh, Thanksgiving when I went home with a mm. loaf of bread. I, mm -hmm. I brought a I brought a loaf of bread home mm -hmm. that I made with my hands, oh. and yeah, I uh, my my family liked it. I got to hang out over Thanksgiving with mm -hmm. my uh, my cousins. Yeah, my cousins. <laughs> that sounds like you're not quite sure how they're related to you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, okay. So here's the thing, right? Is that they're my cousins, but I haven't spoken to them in years to the point where I wasn't even really sure who they were until someone told me that we were related. I was like, oh, <laughs> we're related. I okay. have relatives like that. I know what you mean. <laughs> I think everyone does. I think everyone yeah. has, has relatives that just once in a while you catch up on and you're just like, I didn't, I forgot, I kind of forgot that we were, we were, we were related, that we were part of the same <laughs> familial unit. If I met you unit. out on the street, I would not right. have known. <laughs> if I met you out on the street, I, I would not have known that, uh, that we were related and we yeah. might have, you know, gotten into a fist fight and then Thanksgiving <laughs> would have been really awkward. <laughs> like your mom and my mom would have showed up and then they would have been like, oh, I know you. And yeah. And then they would, and then yeah. they would fight. And yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I've been making bread. <laughs> But not really, because today was the first time in about a week or so that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thanksgiving was last weekend, right? Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's exhausting. 
<laughs> it feels like it's been like a month. <laughs> I mean, <But> yes. <laughs> I mean, yeah. It, it, it such is the nature of of December. Yeah. <laughs> because we're finally in December. It feels like this year has gone on for maybe ten years. It's and been a long year. <laughs> I'm shocked that we're we're here almost at the end of it and that the world yeah. has not exploded yet. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood. <laughs> if I had wood to knock on. <laughs> Everything in my house is kind of made of like metal and plastic. Oh. But yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we uh, I had a casualty. I lost my sourdough starter, Steven. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. So... The way that you make a sourdough starter is you just kind of mix flour and water and then you let it hang out there and then you keep feeding it flour and water every day until it smells good and like sourdough and and all nice and lactic and fermented. Now, the problem is I had to go home for the weekend, so I decided to put it in the fridge, you know, wrapped up and like airtight seal, and it didn't survive, basically. It, It developed kind of an off smell that was weird and pasty and almost like a little <laughs> spicy, which is strange. I didn't, I'm not really sure. Um, but, you know, this this can happen with sourdough starters. You're just supposed to feed it until it comes back to life because you're letting the good bacteria kill all the bad bacteria by feeding it flour and water. Now, the unfortunate part is Stephen never recovered, basically. <laughs> I, I spent like a week feeding this sucker and oh. eventually... Eventually, he grew mold, and I had to throw him out. Uh, you you basically... I, I think you traumatized him from sticking yeah, him in the I, fridge. I think he so. thought you abandoned him. He he, and... he did not survive the deep freeze. It was yeah. very sad. I maybe should have just put him straight up in the freezer. Yeah, I think the freezer probably would have been better. I thought it would be fine. I, would, I was only going to be away for a couple days, and I fed him one last time, but no, no, I mean, he's, clearly he's dead. he was still conscious during all that and was able to figure out that you left him All right, that's horrifying, alone. but sure. Yeah, but sure. that's why he turned out horrifying. <laughs> I suppose so, I suppose so. <laughs> well, anyway, that, that sucks, because that was like two or three w- weeks worth of work down the drain, so... <laughs> That's unfortunate, but you know what? It it is just like that sometimes. So yes. I've started a a new uh, foray into the bread wilds <laughs> with the Stephen Two experiment. I've Steven I've I bought a new jar. I bought a new <laughs> stir to stir the flour in and water. I bought flour so that we can get all the nice natural yeasts from rye flour which is uh, supposedly you know containing quite a lot of those and i'm gonna feed it with a mixture of rye flour and bread flour and hopefully the bread flour doesn't kill my sourdough starter (laughs) all your children are going awry (laughs) oh boo that was good though that's a good pun i i wasn't sure if you had even caught it but yeah. <laughs> Aside from that, I mean, I I updated all my peripherals. Where I I got a new keyboard, I got mm-hmm. a new mouse, and I more more sort of pressingly, I bought a an audio interface and a new microphone. If you're wondering how this happened, well, this is like the last Christmas I think my dad will ever do for me, and he just gave me a bundle of money and was like, "You can buy whatever you want with this." Yo. And I thought, I'm gonna invest in my podcast. 
So if I sound a little different, it's because I'm on a different audio interface with a different microphone, and hopefully this is an upgrade and not, like, a downgrade, because I, <laughs> I mean, my microphone costs 25 times the microphone that I had before, but mind you, <laughs> my previous microphone was also an $11 microphone, so, you know, <laughs> it's not hard to be more expensive than an $11 microphone, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I, I think... Congratulations are in order for your brand new microphone. <laughs> yup, 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 yup. I mean, hopefully this is my present to all of you where I sound better and you don't have to suffer. I thought you already sounded fine to me, but, you know, my ears aren't very picky. <laughs> yeah, they gradually get more picky the more audio stuff you start doing it's kind of, it's this terrible rabbit hole where you're like oh you know i'm, I'm not gonna need like anything really fancy and then you wake up one morning and you're clutching like a 400 hundred dollar audio interface and a 600 hundred dollar <laughs> microphone and you're just like where did all my money go what is this where am i <laughs> i have no shoes i have no clothes but i do have <laughs> yeah. this audio interface <laughs> And I, and I will say, uh, in regards to my other peripherals, I bought a Razer mouse, which I kind of swore that I would never buy a Razer mouse ever again, because I think their software, Razer Synapse, is kind of obnoxious. But the reason I got this one was because, one, it was on sale, and, you know, I'm a terrible sucker for the consumerist culture we live in. It's terrible. Uh. And also, it supposedly has onboard memory, so I don't even have to download Razer Synapse if I want to use it on another computer and that sounds mm. rather appealing i'm not gonna lie so i bought what it what is so good about the mouse that you're like i have to get a razor one here's the thing about razor mice is that razor mice actually are not bad generally speaking okay. i think they're they're well designed they don't look as obnoxious as many other gaming mice do okay. i'm looking at you logitech some of those look hideous <laughs> and it i mean honestly looking at it the they're like kind of Razer Gamer logo is is really aggressive, but I I have it lit up in not RGB, but just, just like white LED, except it's not true white LED, so it's a little bit bluish, but, you know, that's aside from the point. And it, it actually looks not too bad, kind of low-key. It's ambidextrous, so it's like, it's not weirdly shaped, really. It's just kind of pointy. Okay. And it I mean it, it works pretty fine. There's there's two buttons on both sides of the mouse, like the left and the right side, which is mm -hmm. like uh, as many buttons as I really need. I don't need any more. I would prefer three buttons on one side and then I mean nothing really on the other side, but that's not how this mouse works, but I don't really care anymore. Uh I swapped it out cuz my old mouse was I mean, it was okay. It was good, but it was not as good as it as it could have been, and it was a, it was aging a little bit, and some of the the paint was coming off, and the button had long one of the buttons had long since like lost its springiness. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I bought that, <laughs> and I also replaced my keyboard, and and this is like the worst because this is the most like terrible self indulgent thing I actually did. Because uh -huh. here's the thing: is my keyboard was perfectly fine. Right. My mouse was kind of in tatters because I had been using it every day for like three years. And mm. my my keyboard and of course, like the audio stuff, that's more of an investment for the podcast than anything else. Mm -hmm. But the keyboard is just I just wanted a new keyboard. 
Uh-huh. And and this is going to sound funny, but as as I as I've been getting I don't want to say older because I'm I'm on the brink of 22, like I'm about to turn 22, mm-hmm. and that's not old at all. That's like really young. I haven't even hit the point where my body has decided to stop growing and then start dying yet. So <laughs> Right. Like, and I, but I realized that as I've been getting older, all this stuff that I kind of bought years ago, that is, is very, uh, aggressively gamer marketed, let's say. Right. Mm -hmm. It kind of, it kind of turns me off. I'm not going to lie. Uh huh. Like it's, it's, I don't get me wrong. I like the RGB keyboard. I think it's nice. I I Mm like my keys and it typed well. It's just that. I I looked at it and I could see myself at 16 being like this is the coolest thing ever and yeah. I died a little inside. <laughs> you you don't want to return back to the days when you were 16 cuz you've developed as a human since then. Yeah, I I really have. So I bought a sensible keyboard. It's I mean, okay. <laughs> I bought a semi-sensible. Okay, I bought a an indulgent semi-sensible keyboard. Uh-huh. <laughs> it is Okay, it's a 10 keyless keyboard, first of all, so it's not as massive as my, my 10 key keyboard. It means it doesn't have the number pad on it, but I have a separate number pad now, so it doesn't matter. And <laughs> it, it has um, Cherry MX brown switches, so they're a little bit quieter than the really clicky ones, but they still kind of feel nice to, to tap on. And I really mm. like to type on it. But mm. the most important things to me about this keyboard are, one, it doesn't have any logos on it, right? It specifically, mm. as one of its marketed points, it does not have a single logo on it. Mm. Second of all, it's only backlit in white, but it uses actual white LEDs, so the white actually looks good. It doesn't have any RGB colors. It just is white, and I, that's what I want, right? I, <laughs> I want it to just be kind of low-key. Uh-huh. Low-key keyboard. <laughs> low-key keyboard. And I mean, you know, low-key is a relative term, of course, because it's still a backlit keyboard but the font on it is is helvetica it is a a normal sensible adult would write a paper font and it's not like it's not like a weird aggressive bold gamer font it doesn't look like it came out of the space age in the 90s like it doesn't look like it came out of of alien and it's just kind of nice right where it looks like a keyboard like this is if somebody said it looks like a backlit keyboard this is what you would imagine Mm. if you're wondering the uh equipment that i have now is the razor lancehead tournament edition the tournament edition just means it has uh, a wire instead of being wireless not that the wireless is 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 bad i think wireless mice have gotten a lot better it's just that the wired one is you know fifty dollars less so sure uh, yeah. My keyboard is a Code 87. So this is made by WASD, which is a, a website slash company that makes customized mechanical keyboards, except this one's special because it's some kind of weird collaboration piece. I don't really get it, but it, this is the only one that's backlit. So I got it. And my interface is a, is a Tascam 2x2. And the microphone is a Shure Beta... 87a Hmm. so there we go that's all the stuff that i bought don't even start thinking about how much money that costs because it's gonna hurt you like it hurt me (laughs) anyway one more one last thing one last thing which is that uh i have been watching ruby yeah it's 
good. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, it's a lot, lot better. They fixed a lot of things and they had a fight scene in one of the latest episodes. They had a, mm-hmm. an honest to God fight scene that I looked at with my own human eyeballs and I mm-hmm. did not want to puke. <laughs> it was it was actually really good. They they okay. used the environment well. They mm-hmm. uh used the fighting styles of the characters in in in, in a way that made sense. It was rhythmically balanced. And the only real problem I have with it is that, and these are complete nitpicks, right? Like on a macro Mm -hmm. level, this fight scene was great. Mm -hmm. Where some of the, some of the effects are a little bit not as good because they're like localized flashes that are really small. So it feels like the impact isn't following through everywhere. It's just kind of in one area, which is a minor nitpick. That's like honestly nothing. And Mm. the other one is a little bit larger is that, I still don't like some of the camera angles they take. They take a lot of these like really, uh, I guess you could call them creative camera angles, but they're really jarring. And if you actually watch that video that I posted in the link dump uh, last week or two weeks ago about uh, every frame of painting, that one about the Jackie Chan movies, that problem is still exists where it they still have some trouble framing the whole scene in a way that uh, your brain will logically accept. Because if you watch the red trailer, there's not a cut in that trailer that makes you that takes you out of the moment. Whereas there are a couple that kind of for a split second do in in this latest one in episode I think five. Mm. But overall, it's like such a such an improvement on every level, and it's just continued to look better. That I'm like I'm honestly really impressed with with the way it's going, especially okay. because I was so angry after volume five, so angry. <laughs> yeah uh well that's really really good to hear um it sounds like at this point the only issue is is like maybe like some directorial kind of things like because i feel like the whole camera positioning composition whatever that has a lot to do with the way that the director sees envisions the scene you know and then they tell you know the animators like compose it this way compose it that way uh so mm-hmm. maybe if they were able to like get more experience in terms of like filmography and how to compose scenes um in a visual way then it sounds like they've they're they're nailing it and that's great yeah i'm really happy to hear that i would agree i mean honestly i don't even mind that much about these like kind of jarring camera angles sometimes because it's Mm -hmm. i mean it's not easy right no no it's definitely it's very difficult especially in animation so yeah I mean, yeah, kudos, no, I, kudos, yeah, kudos to definitely. the Ruby team. Absolutely kudos. Like, I've only watched, like, I think one or two episodes of the new season. Um, and so far, it's already felt, like, better paced, better, like, I don't know. It just feels a lot better, <laughs> you know? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, it, it's convincing me to, because I was, after season five, I was like, man, I really don't. I don't mm-hmm. know if I should give this series another chance until like I hear any kind of verdict that I can trust about season six. And I mean, if you're saying that it's awesome and from what I've seen is already good, then I think it's it's worth a try. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. It's it's making me enjoy Ruby again, which I so sorely missed. Anyway, That's good. 
that's mm-hmm. everything that I've been up to. Uh, surprisingly, not a lot, but I've managed to stretch it out into what sounds like a lot. So uh, it's just a little <laughs> trick of the trick of the storytelling narrative language thing. Don't inflate yourself. <laughs> no, I no. It's I almost burned my house down, so I can't really yeah, say anything. Like, <laughs> let's talk about your bread ventures. <laughs> let's 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 deflect and and ask what you're up to, what you have been up to, rather. Um, I haven't, I mean, I might as well have, like, burned down my house with bread in terms of Jeez, okay. quality of the things I've been doing. I made a mistake, Soup. I Okay, all right. Over, over the holiday, when I was visiting my family, and I was like, you know, I would get up, and I'm like, man, I don't really want to get up, you know, yet. Uh, I would, I, I turned on my phone, and then I downloaded, I don't know why this occurred to me. But I downloaded Star Ocean Anonesis. Oh no, <laughs> Renu, no! And I think it's because I really wanted to play Star Ocean, but then that would have involved me digging out my PS2 somewhere in my parents' house and then trying to find the game and then trying to find the memory card, which I know is not sitting with either of those things. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's not as awful as I was expecting because I did oh. expect to basically play for like half an hour and then uh, delete it off my phone and be like well at least I know what it's about Okay, uh, it takes a lot of cues from Grand Blue which I think is you know interesting but also like of course they would because Grand Blue is really popular I was going to say I think that's every mobile game now it, yeah exactly uh, it's not you know you, you can't play it on the browser like Grand Blue obviously uh, but, uh, what I love about it is that it has the Star Ocean combat in there. So it has real-time combat with 3D models, um, and they're doing all the Star Ocean moves. Like, they've, um, of course narrowed down in terms of, like, you, you can basically use only three of their abilities, as opposed to, like, the whole repertoire that they usually have in the games. Uh, and they've taken, you know, a couple of characters from each game in the series. There's there's like five games um and and you know basically put in the protagonists and a couple of the special popular characters from each game and and put them in so far um aside from like really really bad like unreasonably bad loading times like i would understand the loading times for going into battle because like i said it's 3d modeled you know it's real-time combat kind of thing uh there's like bad loading times between menus you know like if you're going from your character Ah, menu to your item menu yeah it's bad and i don't I don't know if it's because of my phone. Like, maybe my phone is just... It doesn't have a good enough processor to, like, handle the app. But I I downgraded the resolution of... Because uh, they have it in the settings, you know. Like, you can put on a low setting to save battery life or whatever. But it still hasn't really helped all that much in terms of, like, going from menu to menu. Um, I'll wait, like... You know, this is such a minor gripe. But it's like, I'll be waiting, like, at least, like, you know five seconds per menu i mean that's a long time to wait <laughs> when you're just trying to flip from menu to menu uh, uh, yeah. in an app you know it and that's like it's nitpicky but it's because it's a quality of life thing that i haven't run into with other apps like you know fire emblem puzzle and dragons those kinds of things like the menus in there are seamless for me see uh, this is yeah. this is kind of what's funny right is mm-hmm. people don't really think about this but that's actually like one of the most important things is how accessible everything is Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be honest i love grand blue fantasy Mm -hmm. but grand blue fantasy has the world's worst ui 
There are so many <laughs> menus. There are so many buttons. There are mm-hmm. so many menus that go to other menus. Mm-hmm. And none of it is streamlined at all. I think mm-hmm. Fire Emblem Heroes has great UI. Yes, it does. And they're constantly despite, improving it. Right, and despite not being an amazing game, <laughs> or at the very least, despite just... I mean, I hit uh, basically I hit the, the cap of that game, and then I was like, right. I don't really feel like doing anymore. Right. Whereas with Grand Blue, I'm still just climbing out of the endless depths of the grind. Yeah. It's... The the actual the way that the game plays outside of the game is is just as important as as the game itself, especially right. if that's what you're going to be doing most of the time. Because let's be honest, that's what mobile games are. You yeah. you do play the game a lot, but yeah. half of the time it's really just menu and inventory management. Right, exactly. And because it's like a Grand Blue esque game, there's a lot of time that you're spending like looking at your weapons, looking at your character abilities, like that kind of thing. And I shouldn't be waiting for so long just to look at a character's profile and figuring out what their ability is, you know? I don't know. I, I'm i still playing it, which is, I guess, saying something. You know, a week later, I'm still playing it. Uh, it has a nice, you know, auto battle feature, so I can just click on the battle, let it play out through all the stages of battle that it's going through, and, and in the meantime, like, do something else, you know? So I can grind pretty easily. I like uh, how you're basically telling me that this is a better Star Ocean game than the last few. <laughs> As someone who really, really, really liked the older Star Ocean games, I mean, yeah, I'm spending more time playing this mobile Star Ocean game than I have spent playing either Star Ocean 4 or 5, which are the the, newest ones. This is one of those things that, like, I didn't even know about until you and apparently all of my other friends started complaining about. I feel like everyone in in our, like, group of friends has complaints about Star Ocean. Which is interesting. I don't know. Uh, so yeah, I don't. They at the very least. I oh, you know what? I think one of my main motivations for opening this game, aside from like Star Ocean nostalgia, is the fact that I get to see my old Star Ocean characters who were like two D tiny tiny pixel sprites in three D models and ah. with new voice actors and stuff. And so it makes me happy to see them at least. Uh, the only problem, yeah. They've got you with the Fire Emblem Heroes model. No, yeah, no, for real. And 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 uh, the only problem, though, is that I, I haven't checked with in terms of if they've kept the same Japanese voice actors, but all of the English voice actors are different from what I have seen so far. Mm. Uh, I haven't looked at all of the characters yet, but yeah, it's it's a little jarring. And it, 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 <laughs> I, I listen to it, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> See, here's, here's, the, here's the thing, though, is I almost feel yeah. that's, that's better. You... you that's the kind of thing you want to keep in your memories and not in in your present day because it's just it's never as good as and this is funny because I opened up Twitch today mm. and started mm. watching some of the Pokemon that they're marathoning mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I legit had that moment where I was like why do they sound like that why do they <laughs> yeah, yeah, sound yeah. like that yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, it i guess it just kind of goes to show like you there's only a there's a limit to what you can do in terms of bringing something old into the new you know like yeah like the old thing is going to have its timeless place in whatever wherever it came out and if it has a special place for you in that time period then there's only so much they can do to spruce it up now <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Any, uh, I've been listening to it with the Japanese voice acting because that's far enough removed that I can be like, okay, this is fine. 
Okay. Um, yeah. 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 I think that's that. That might be the optimal way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> right, anything yeah, else? Uh, I think. I mean, yeah, basically that and yakuza. That's it for me. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's kind of weird because the other thing that you do, we're just we're good. We're just gonna talk about, right? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so why don't we? Why don't we? Why don't we do that? Sure. Like this is this is I'm gonna say this is kind of a like as a preface to the actual meat of the episode. This is a weird episode. I mean, it's weird and it's not weird because it's more in line with uh, what modern visual culture represents generally. Like we're not going to be looking at one piece of media and then breaking it down and analyzing it and talking about it. We're really going to be talking about something kind of more general and everything that that entails. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about Twitch. Twitch.tv is a platform for streaming all manner of content. It was derived from Justin.tv, which was the origin of Twitch, I think. Mm. Twitch being the more game-focused brand. So originally Twitch existed to basically stream esports and esports tournaments. Oh. And then it became more general as people started using it to stream video games and do Let's Play-esque stuff. Which Mm -hmm. is actually very interesting. And I, I actually kind of want to get into that at some point. Uh, the rise and I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, let me just tell you a secret. The rise and fall of Let's Plays. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, but yeah, it's, Twitch has become much more general purpose in recent years, adding categories like creative and IRL and just talking. And now creative and IRL have grown to such enormous degree that they've replaced those categories with more specific ones such as tabletop RPG, food and drink, art, etc. Modern Ooh. visual culture, perhaps? Ooh. <laughs> Which is mostly a joke because Twitch is modern visual culture. And that's why we're talking about it, because it's, it's modern, it's visual, and it's culture. Yeah, it's Weird. a huge culture. You are a, an affiliate with, with Twitch, part of their yeah. affiliate program. So you have yeah. a subscriber button. But you're yeah. not a full partner. No. <laughs> Being a full partner as an artist is actually a huge hurdle. Uh, I have a, a pretty good community um, going on right now. And um, I'm uh, lucky enough to you know, be associated and be friends with um, quite a few other creative streamers. And even then, like within our group, there's maybe a handful of people who are partnered um and it's it's i forget the exact statistics you have to be you have to have at least 70 live viewers average per stream and you have to have a certain number of uh you know uh time that you stream every month etc etc yeah Uh, so um aside for the affiliates it's a little easier um there's a follower mark that you have to hit um i don't think I can't remember if there's like an average viewer rating that you need, but uh, yeah, as as a creative and I guess now art streamer, uh, it's it's been really interesting seeing how much it's grown. Like when I first started streaming on Twitch, it was just to play the Yakuza games, you know, for so that my friends could watch. And mm-hmm. then it wasn't until I started streaming my art that like my channel really started growing. So it just goes to show how saturated the gaming market is on Twitch and how much the creative and I guess now art or 
you know, food and drink, whatever, whatever, like all those channels are coming up now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it, it is interesting because uh, I th- personally, I I know a lot of streamers, like a lot of partnered streamers, you know, I'm mm-hmm. friends with them and sure. I've be- I've kind of been around in the Twitch space for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a couple years, definitely not as long as some other people, but definitely I would say before it really took off and became a part of, of mainstream popular culture. Right. And and this this is it, this is interesting where Twitch has kind of grown from a very small, very niche tech startup to mm-hmm. being one of the largest, you know, entertainment sectors in the world. Right. It it is it's gotten to the point where Twitch no longer is just a place where you go to watch people play video games, even though you know that's the primary function still ostensibly, mm-hmm. but. You know, with Twitch doing things like, you know, Twitch Presents, where they marathon shows Mm -hmm. and things like streaming live events like the Democratic or Republican National Convention, that's a big deal. And and people are going to start turning to Twitch in favor of of cable. Like, these are the cord cutters that people are talking about. Right. I Because there's like an increasing amount of people who... You know, they prefer online interaction versus, you know, in-person interaction, or maybe that's just how they feel more comfortable in, um, you know, getting to know people. And so when you have these these viewers, they don't necessarily want to pay for cable or sit around on TV. They're already on their computer doing other stuff. It makes more sense for them to turn on something like YouTube or Twitch and have that playing in the background or interacting with people in the chat uh, that you can talk about, you know, these things that you're all mutually watching at the same time. And so you can all react together and, and all that. Yeah. I, I and, and this is to the point where I think that Twitch is a very interesting case, especially mm-hmm. in recent years where Twitch is really overtaking YouTube in terms of being a, a cultural presence. Mm-hmm. And I think a large part of the reason is because streaming is by its nature different than a youtube video yeah twitch offers by its very nature an amount of interactivity that youtube does not and exactly Mm -hmm. and youtube now is trying to get in on streaming right even though everything about youtube has kind of gone down the drain recently and everything (laughs) is kind of the worst but really like twitch was just in the right place at the right time and it really Mm -hmm. blew up yeah, and yeah, it did. I, I, I think, I think it's it's maybe understated how important that level of expectation of interaction is to mm-hmm. Twitch. I mm-hmm. think that's a large part of the reason that a lot of these people are coming to Twitch to watch things because it's not just, it's not just I'm watching a, a static video that exists in the abstract. I'm right. I'm watching someone do something live that I can right. comment upon, and they'll right. they'll see my comment and they might Mm -hmm. react to it right Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there is i mean it's that joke it's that twitch joke of of streamer why don't you interact with chat yeah oh yeah i even i've gotten some of those despite not even having that big of like a viewership it's just like that's you didn't see the thing that i commented on uh, and i was and i'm like i'm I'm sorry the chat was moving really fast at that time (laughs) like i'm not trying to ignore you i promise (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean it's 
it's very very interesting because I feel like a lot of of the way that a Twitch stream is set up mm-hmm. is supposed to be kind of uh, how do I say this like unidirectional, right? Like the attention is supposed to go inward toward the streamer, and the streamer will occasionally output some, and it it sets up this very interesting situation where even if you're talking with people in a Twitch chat, it can kind of feel like that's like it can kind of feel like that's not really the point right where mm. really it's everyone is here to watch the streamer and and try right. to interact with the streamer and so right. this it's it's kind of this weird thing where you're shouting at the tv together right <laughs> sure yeah and uh i don't it's it's interesting though like i think i mean there are communities that have built around the streamer to the point where the communities themselves, like they do become friends with each other. And that's, that's always nice to see too. Is, yeah. I, uh, yeah. I, I will say this, the size of a Twitch streamer's audience has a huge bearing on the kind of, and it's not the only thing, right? But mm-hmm. it has a huge bearing on the kinds of relationships that people will have to each other in, in a Twitch stream. Because, you know, like I said, I am, I'm friends with a lot of, of, of streamers and, interestingly it's like they share a lot of viewers with each other and those people are members of of a community and it's kind of and i will say this is kind of interesting where having been to a couple twitch cons i've been to every twitch con at least nominally Mm. and the twitch that i interact with is so different from the twitch that other people interact with Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because the people that that I talk to like speak to each other like people, and we're a community, even though we don't have like borders, I guess, quote unquote. Sure. Where they people will move from one community to the other, and they're all they're really all kind of part of a a bigger community, this like bigger subset of of Twitch that's like you know reasonable and gay. And and, and I I say that somewhat jokingly, but there is a higher population of of queer people in these communities. And that's part of the reason that that people band together uh, under these streamers is because they they see something in them that they want represented. Right. You know, it's this Mm -hmm. idea of like putting your money where your mouth is or putting support behind things that you think are are valuable. And it's not a flawless system, but, you know, you can't deny the the communities that have been built as as a result and right. how they actually feel like communities. It, mm-hmm. I mean, this is, this is obviously something that is quite complex. It's, it's something that I don't think a lot of people have put a lot of time and money into looking at, right, like as a, as a sociological thing. Mm-hmm. But it, it is increasingly, as, as we you know, enter a, an internet age, we, we begin to see the ways in which people who have been deprived of any means to create a community do so or attempt mm. to do so mm-hmm. or attempt and fail to do so because i i would honestly say that that's how a lot of twitch feels to me is is it is very impersonal mm. yeah i can see how you say that yeah mm-hmm. part of it is is due to the size of a streamer right like by necessity the less people are in a stream but are engaged the more the streamer will be able to actually engage with those people and exactly. talk to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. That's just if you have 90,000 viewers, that's impossible. Even if you average a <laughs> thousand viewers, that's quite difficult. It's yeah, that's that's why I'm quite happy with 
the the relative size that um, a lot of creative streams are in terms of like their their viewership and the number of people actually engaging in chat is because it feels like it's right at that sweet spot where you know the partners can make enough money to you know support themselves uh, and the affiliates have a chance to you know they're they're growing and and you know slowly but steadily but also like we're at a you know a viewership where we can have really deep and engaging conversations with our chat if we so choose and we can you know hopefully be able to respond to everyone you know personally if they have questions or or what have you uh, and like the thought of having a much bigger stream kind of kind of really terrifies me because <laughs> mm, i know i'm yeah. already like like trying to adjust as much as I can to, you know, the people that are mainstream now, let alone like if it were to be twice that much or three times that much, you know, uh, like, I don't know, like, I feel like that's such a huge, huge thing is, is trying to adjust to sheer numbers, you know? Yeah. And, I, uh, I think be so. Able to keep up that connection. Yeah. Like how, how do you maintain an, a great conversation or intimate connection with your audience when you have that many people you know, talking at you? Mm -hmm. yeah and and more more to the point right it's it's that all of those people expect to be heard yeah yeah right there's it's it's kind of funny and this is something that uh my uh, this is something that adam says friend of the show adam Coble says a lot which is that twitch has a lot in common with cam girling <laughs> which i mean it, it sounds kind of funny at, at first like uh, you know, when you first hear it, but it's actually very true. And oh, of course, yeah. more, more true if you value sex work as as an actual valuable service instead of sure. you know the way that we treat it in Western culture, which is kind of as a taboo. I mean, not even Western culture in general, just like America is just like sex bad. Only mm. sex if you marry. <laughs> Only marry if you believe in Jesus. <laughs> no. Yeah, but. Uh -huh. it, it does uh, and and it feeds into this idea of of people being entitled to attention which is mm. i think fascinating and really representative of of the kind of flavor of of the turn of the century i think that sure. a lot of people are feeling very alienated and these sure. people find community or what they believe right. is community in right. things like twitch where you right. have some level of belief in in a community and in interaction with a person, even right. if they don't really know anything about you, right? It's right. by by all means, it could just be that they have no idea you exist or whatever. And and what's really what's really really interesting about this is the way that that community, right? This this idea of building a community can change over time. Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. like if you if your stream grows bigger if it explodes all of a sudden then you know you're gonna know a couple people in in the chat but most of those people will be nobodies i mean that's that's a bad way to put it they're gonna be anonymous right they're not gonna be people that you know and once you get those people in your chat and watching your stream you'll hit a critical mass where people mm. will just come in because other people are watching mm, yeah and this yeah. is this is how a lot of twitch actually functions where mm. people just watch what people are already watching mm -hmm. right and it's 
it makes sense that 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 is the case. There's a there's an amount of legitimacy that comes with having that many people watching your stream, that many eyes on you, and sure, it's very it, like it's ref- very reflective of of the kind of culture that we live in. I think right, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a really interesting point, and I think a lot of this, a lot of the responsibility in terms of like forming your community and how it responds to you and who stays has a lot of you know. Either fortunately or unfortunately, a lot of that falls on the streamer, right? Like you. Oh yeah, absolutely. Whatever, exactly. Like whatever, whatever you enforce or uh, recognize as part of your stream, and whatever you, it is that you choose to focus on is, you know, that's that's you're you're crafting it, right? And of course, a lot of that uh, is going to be shared by you know whoever decides to stay on your stream, right? Like your community is also going to form with or without you. But you do as a streamer, like if you want to grow a good community, then you have to, you know, you have to get your hands in. <laughs> yeah, you have to uh, you have to feed your community bread and flour every day <laughs> so that eventually all of the bad bacteria will be killed by the good bacteria. Don't grow mold. <laughs> Don't, Don't grow put mold in, in your Twitch chat. And grow mold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree. It is very much up to the streamer what kind of community that they, they choose to build because i while i while i stand by my statement where eventually your stream will just get so big you can't possibly interact with everyone i think that's i, I think that's fair mm-hmm. i also agree that if the streamer makes a real effort to create a community then yeah. they can yeah right it's it, it it's not impossible for a large community or a twitch streamer with a large audience to feel like a community yes okay i I almost got lost (laughs) in double negatives i'm sorry (laughs) no yeah for sure like you uh, by basically encouraging certain kinds of you know behaviors or uh certain kinds of personalities in your chat like you'll you'll end up attracting people who are either like-minded in terms of like the values that you hold that you want to show or bring forth in your community or like people who, uh, for example, like, you know, every streamer will come across like a troll or two, you know, or mm-hmm. a thousand <laughs> in yeah. in your time streaming. And hopefully by that point, if you've raised a good community, like your community will handle it for you, right? Before you even realize what's happened, they're already on it and they've, you know, driven out the, the problem that is like bringing your chat down or being a distraction, right? And and that has a lot to do with, uh, you know, the people that you uh, like, like the people that you track with your values. Right. Like they're not going to stick around if they think that you're just another scumbag or that you're just after like their money. Mm -hmm. Uh, People aren't. (laughs) Unfortunately, there are a lot of like, you know, sheeple minded people out there. But uh, I would say like they're not as in big of a number as the people who are more savvy on the internet who would who would be in twitch right like yeah and this is this is this is what i'll say about that right is Mm -hmm. that it's true that community is built by the streamer and the values and how they express those values and Mm -hmm. that will be adopted and reinforced by the community and so you'll get people that are either like-minded or willing to listen I, I yes. think that's mm-hmm. it's it's not to be underestimated how many people come in and they don't quite fit with the community at first, but they 
they learn because your community is like self-replicating these ideas. This is kind of a this is a thing that is very present in the community that I moderate for, right? I I moderate for Adam's community and yeah. it's very like the the actual Discord server community is like set up in a really weird way where the mods aren't like police mods, they're just kind of like people point and it's like that's how you should be acting, like a grown-up human being. <laughs> uh-huh. And of course, you know, you do moderator stuff like you you ban and you kick, but never without reason and we always give a message and of course i'm not going to get like too much more into that because that's not stuff that i'm at liberty to divest but it is i think interesting that the community will replicate right it'll self-replicate the ideas that you impose upon it because Mm -hmm. the people who don't agree with you are just not gonna stay around and exactly you know that's that's for better or for worse right i there are a lot of communities like the ones that i'm in where people are generally pretty open-minded, let's say. But an enormous part of Twitch is people who are, for lack of a a better word, they're just, they kind of feed into like the stereotype of gamer culture, right? They're they're kind of like knuckleheads, right? No, yeah. And I, you you can see it from a mile away. The the people, the streamers who actively encourage those kinds of people to stay and basically build their entire streamer community around people who will kind of follow them blindly, right? Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah, they're basically in it to just meme at you or to throw money at you. And rather than having any kind of like conversation, it's just to feed into this, uh, like this machine, you know? And yeah, it's kind I mean, of like, I don't know, Twitch, <laughs> it's a little Twitch uncomfortable. Is, it is, it is interesting because Twitch as a platform is built upon insincerity. Mm. And this is from every level, even though what they say is, is they kind of want to foster these, these genuine communities and they do exist, right? I'm not going to say that they don't because there's so many streamers and so many people watching Twitch that it would frankly be kind of improbable if none of them managed to form communities that actually functioned but to to the point it's like it is uh like okay here's 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 the thing mm. think about what really represents twitch right mm-hmm. if you look at the the e- the emotes the twitch emotes the one that represents twitch the one that twitch loves to replicate over and over again is kappa Mm-hmm. And Kappa is an emote that by its very nature is about insincerity. You know, it's it's about mm. like saying something kind of shitty and then you say it, you put a Kappa at the end of it so that you're allowed to say it because people assume that you're joking. But people do right. this over and over again to the point where they're going to do that. And eventually that insincerity is, I mean, you have to question, is it actually sincere? Are you actually saying shitty things using the, oh, it's just a joke, bro, as a cover. And, mm. you know, on top of that, too, it's the, it's a problem because the opposite also gets punished. I think that there are a lot of really sincere moments that can happen on Twitch that, that Twitch at large doesn't really care about, right? Mm. If if somebody is just like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm streaming because I, I want to, like, hang out with you all and, uh, you know, my puppy died or whatever – it some some people will look at that and they'll just be like how dare you have feelings ugh 
right? <laughs> it's this very odd line because there are people that are in Twitch to watch entertainment. And there are people that are on Twitch to connect with people on a human level, which is a somewhat, I think, misaligned idea. And, th- and then, you know, there are people who are on there to just, like, be on there. I don't know. It- it's-, it's very, very odd to me the way that it works. It- right. Be- because people will fight each other over pretty much anything. And this this sure. is one of those things, right, where it is not cool on Twitch.tv to be a vulnerable person. That is mm. not a cool thing to be because people go to Twitch with the expectation, this kind of weird paradoxical expectation that they expect you to be somebody who is willing to be your friend, right? They want to be your friend. That's like one. But two is also they kind of want you to be a celebrity, too, where you're, like, you're not allowed to be a bad person or rather you're not allowed to be a vulnerable and honest person. Mm. I think that there are people who watch. OK, I, I say I think I know I know there are people on Twitch who watch the most like toxic, terrible like racist sexist streamers on the planet they say the worst things ever because either a it aligns with their belief system and i mean fuck those people honestly but mm. whatever that's just the the nature of the internet that those people have found a home and can collect with each other and pool like some kind of dark cesspit and then the other one <laughs> is that you know people watch these because they're just like oh it's so funny that he's so terrible and it, I get it, right? You know, not everything that you consume has to be a reflection of you as a person. But, I mean, it is the question arises whether or not you're actually supporting this person on some deeper level, right? It's like this idea of, you're saying Kappa, but do you really not mean all that racist stuff that you just said? Because it kind of feels like you're like, like this is wish fulfillment, right? You're doing it because you want to, and then you can just cop out of it by saying it was a joke. I guess I just tend to... <laughs> avoid those those parts of Twitch, which unfortunately are rather big parts of Twitch, is that uh, it, it, it sucks that a large part of Twitch runs off of those, you know, those areas of the community that just either are super insincere and they don't want to see, they, they, they basically want to see an entertainer versus a person. But then there's the other side of Twitch, which I feel like is potentially a lot smaller and a lot less revenue building, which is I'm tired of these fake personalities, these guys that just meme at me all day. I just want to have a conversation with someone. And, uh, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It, 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 like, being that entertainer personality while also being able to actually have a genuine bond with your community is, like, it's 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 asking for the world but it's not an impossible thing to achieve but because it's i think it's a lot easier for certain people to basically choose one or the other that that's what ends up happening yeah uh, and it sucks that that the the revenue income of of being a streamer more actively uh <laughs> favors one side over the other <laughs> well yeah i mean the the relationship by its very nature is is monetary you know there yeah. is the expectation of money there yeah or at, at the very least the the idea of money is there and it permeates the entire relationship right right 
and this this is interesting because I I mean I'm not gonna take credit for everything I'm about to say because a lot of it um it comes out of having really productive conversations with a friend of mine. Uh, their name is mm-hmm. DC, but mm-hmm. very very smart person. Very very like aware of all of this stuff. And Twitch is is interesting because it builds communities except Mm -hmm. it doesn't right Mm -hmm. twitch isn't building anything twitch is Mm -hmm. building a company Mm -hmm. the streamers they're the people building communities Mm -hmm. and this ties into a larger i think cultural current which is that people who especially people who live in in um, in the united states Mm -hmm. don't have access to community and and Mm -hmm. what i mean by this is as as everything gets driven online, right? And this is for better and and for worse. I'm not gonna come out and be one of those people who's just like, oh, the internet is ruining everything. I I think it's there are da- upsides and downsides to it, right? It's not a, it's not a black and white issue, but that's even that's kind of simplistic to say, right? The, the larger problem is that from a basic level, this country does not have ways of forming community. Hmm. And I think that's why a lot of the people who end up on Twitch are there at, on some level seeking that community, even if it's just affirmation for my shitty views, right? It's like, mm-hmm. I want to say something terrible and racist. I get to watch somebody say something terrible and racist, and a hundred and like five people are just going to watch it, and none of them are going to leave. And that is an implicit agreement with that statement, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you will feel solidarity in that space because of that, whether right. it's genuine or not. And, right. you know, the United States doesn't have f- ways of building community, at least not anymore. Right. As we've moved into this this kind of uh, culture of of I mean, this market culture, right, where mm-hmm. everyone is out for themselves. And now nowadays, it's not even that it's that everyone is trying so hard to survive that they don't have time to do anything else. Right. Mm-hmm. And. This is why, and okay, then this is like bringing bringing my personal background into this, where I am not a Christian, right? My my family is Presbyterian, and and they raised me to be Christian, but I just never jived with it. But I will never ever speak out against religion or Christianity as as a thing, as as a a whole sort of thing, because it's important to me and it's important to my family and without the church right without without christianity my family mm-hmm. would not have friends basically it's mm-hmm. this is so fascinating where where religion tends to be one of the first places and one of the most important ways in which immigrants in the united states build communities a lot of communities yeah. are built around religious institutions right uh no that's that definitely hits home for me too in terms of like my family like my my you know immediate family at least like we're not very religious like at all like i wouldn't even know what religion we would say we were if we were to pick one right uh and but the only reason that we are in this country was because a church sponsored our immigration to the united states and so you'll never hear any of us talk badly about 
you know, someone who's religious or about their religion, just the same as we would never talk badly about someone who's atheist or agnostic, you know, mm-hmm. it, it has to do with tolerance, but it has also a lot to do with respect. And yeah, I feel like a lot of, you know, quote unquote community that's on Twitch right now is it has a lot to do with intolerance and a lot of disrespect. And it's it's up to a lot of streamers to be able to look these people in the eye and, and, and you know, look at them, address them and, and say, like, this isn't OK. Like, 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 I don't want to build this kind of community on this platform and it's just like you said, like Twitch itself isn't building communities necessarily. Like they're they're basically providing, you know, a plot of land, but it's not like they can force people to like build all their homes there. Like they can say, hey, here's a enticing piece of land. Look at all this, look at all these resources that we have. But it's up to the people that go there to build, you know, to build everything on top of it. Yeah. Uh, and, and well. Yeah. I- and this is my point about community building, which is yeah. that the people that build communities, the people that are really successful on Twitch are personalities, right? right. Like they're not necessarily presenting themselves as people, even though they are because they have to be approachable so that people will be interested in interacting in the chat. It's mm. it's like this weird balancing act where people want you to be a celebrity, but they also want you to be a real person. And of course, part of this is entitlement. I think that a lot of it has to do with, you know, this is my personal celebrity and they'll talk to me. They're my friend. And there's, there is this expectation of interaction and sometimes of, of friendship that, that arises in, in these spaces. It's, it's interesting to me that the, the way that Twitch is set up is, is in a way to enable people that can build community to do so. Right. Mm. And some people do it on exclusion. Some people are like, you know, this is this is my gamer TV branded chair and welcome to the gamer sphere. Everyone here is just a normal, cool dude. You know, we hate <laughs> girls and minorities <laughs> and uh, special snowflakes. Right. It's like those people exist because it, it, there's nowhere else for these people to go. And they yeah. see that and they're like, ah, yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Or even if they don't, they'll be like, I don't agree with this, but I want to be part of this space. So I have mm. to kind of tacitly agree with it, right? Like, Yeah, it's- no, it, it's, it's so interesting because like I'll talk with people of all age groups at like conventions and stuff, right? Which attract, you know, all sorts of like anime fans or gamer fans, whatever have okay. you. Anime yeah. fans are the fucking worst. <laughs> Listen, Sorry. we're not all bad, okay? I'm an anime fan too. <laughs> I'm an anime fan. We're the worst. <laughs> we're the worst. We're just a dumpster fire. Anyway, and uh, I will sometimes I'll have really thoughtful, meaningful conversations with very like 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 these teenagers, right? Um and other times it's just like I'm talking to this person, it's n- it's like I'm not even talking with a human being. Yeah. Uh, like all I'm hearing is like Basically the equivalent of like Kappas and Bible thumps or something, you know, <laughs> like exactly. Uh, it, Those people it, exist. Yeah, they, they exist. And I feel like uh, like like I talked about like sheeple earlier. Right. But also like mm-hmm. a, a large majority of sheeple is like young people who are very impressionable. Yes. And then they they see someone who's like considered popular or cool or whatever in their group, in their friend group. And then they go and watch them and then they 
you know, start assimilating to whatever is going on in that quote unquote community that that person is breeding to be recognized among their new community and their new friends. And then they replicate that. Right. And yeah. it has zero depth. And you, you can tell just from talking with them. I mean, this is, I will say this is not a problem that's unique to Twitch. I think this is an no. aspect of internet culture that has always, always been present. I think people have always kind of adopted this weird cycle of, I'm going to adopt this thing and now it's not cool anymore. And then you, you kind right. of just cycle through that. Right. right. And it's, it's interesting because I can, I mean, I, I can see this, this kind of thing in the way that I interact with people in, in the past, where even if I was like more of a person at 17 than a lot of other 17 year old boys, which I feel kind of safe assuming because I've met 17 year old boys and they're usually pretty <laughs> terrible. Right. Um, not to say that I wasn't terrible, but I feel like people took me more seriously because I didn't act like an absolute jackass. Right. I didn't make a jackass yeah. of myself, but yeah, even even that is like and adults too right they replicate these behaviors right the way that right. you you kind of adopt like oh this is like the friend zone right it's like and, and this is like a thing that you know people say all the time even without realizing it has kind of harmful implications right it's like right it, it's just like oh bro i've been friends it's so hard and it's just like okay all right sure you've you've become friends with somebody that doesn't sound terrible at all yeah. actually that sounds pretty good <laughs> You know, this is a day and age where it's very hard to become friends with people. So, <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, it is in the nature of Twitch to replicate these, these sorts of behaviors and to have that be the, the central part. And, you know, Twitch, as I said, doesn't do anything to form communities. They're not doing anything really to crack down except for things that get really bad. And even then it's usually not Twitch, right? Like right. here's an example from me. The, something that I personally witnessed watching the Overwatch League be broadcast on Twitch. Okay. There is a a racist meme, and I'm going to say that. It's a racist meme where okay. whenever people on Twitch see a black person on a stream, they spam the tryhard emote because that's like the one black person emote, right? It's like, and it is, it's... Like the grossest shit ever, because they're basically just saying that person's not white. Look at them. It's a black person, which is like the shittiest thing you could ever do to another human being. Wow. Okay. Just like in a in a casual context. Right. And this, this right. was happening on mass to the point where the Overwatch League just started banning that emote. Whoa. And, it, and, and to the point it was something that was. Uh, it was uh, some amount of controversy surrounding it because. One of the streamers who is uh, an on and off part of the Overwatch League uses it just outside of that context, and sometimes it would coincidentally align, and it was not. So it just wasn't a good situation, right? But it's right. like, how do you deal with that as Twitch? Because if you remove that, then what you're doing is you're removing the one black person. Yeah, you're removing your, the one black person. Decks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So. You can never stop people from being shitty, right? Yeah, they're going to find ways, no matter what. They're going to find ways. And I think, like all credit, I think Twitch has done a decent enough job with 
giving people tools, especially recently, giving people tools to control their chat in a way that makes that stuff less volatile. Sure. But I, I, it's hard for me to think of anything that Twitch can do on the highest level to fix that, especially because the highest level is, is, you know, Amazon and Jeff Bezos and Jeff Bezos doesn't really give a shit about anything. He's really just kind of a dragon that hoards his gold all day. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, on the, on, on like the, the thing about it is that the core of Twitch is irreconcilable with this, this idea of, you know, acceptance, right? It's like, mm. you have to be intolerant of intolerance, but that means mm-hmm. you have to be intolerant, right? Right. You know, it's it's very, like, and I think the stance Twitch has taken makes a lot of sense where they, they give people tools to control it so that communities can self-dictate that. And right. I, I think that that works, but, you know, of course, the best thing to do would just be like, all right, all y'all Nazis, white supremacists, get get the hell off our platform, right? Like, just, right. just go, that would right. be the best, but you know, um, maybe maybe if Twitter ever does it. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Jack Dorsey. I know where you live. Oh my god! <laughs> you think I'm joking? I'm not. No. I... Um, that's, that's a joke. Twitter and Google. Uh, please don't. I'm not. I'm yeah, not going to do anything. Don't please persecute, don't persecute. Please don't persecute me. That was a joke. I'm sure that falls under some protected law about comedy. Put a cap on it, and then they'll yeah. Know. Put a cap on it. Put a cap on that. Um, or you code it in white supremacy so Twitter doesn't take it down. No. Anyway, that's a whole that's a whole other issue. But in in general, I think that it's very very hard to do anything about that on Twitch because at its core, it's it's kind of like this this thing that is central to a lot of streams of gaming and and other niche subcultures where naturally you're going to have a lot of really bad ideas floating around it's like this is like anime right where the thing that i probably despise the most in anime is uh the idea of the trap right and this is like a whole other gross thing about like you know people not respecting trans people and heteronormative expectations and patriarchal expectations of everybody wants everybody wants this you know hot bod even though the people who are just like i would never have sex with a trap which is even Mm -hmm. gross to say is is like those people are just like no (laughs) right (laughs) like Mm -hmm. no but like this is the problem right is that those things can exist in that community for so long that it's impossible to dislodge them without top-down change. I, 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 it's not all doom and gloom, right? It's not all doom and gloom. I think that Twitch in general has gotten, like, the culture of Twitch has gotten much more open-minded in, in recent years. Especially, and this isn't, this isn't, this isn't happening in a vacuum. It's because people who have large audiences make a conscious decision to be more inclusive and mm. from a business standpoint right even a business standpoint that is a wise that's a that's advisable have as many people watching you as possible don't drive people out of your community because they're different from you right drive them out of your community because they're toxic shit bags that will kill and poison your community like a mold in a sourdough starter <laughs> 
Everything goes back to your sourdough. <laughs> Listen, I'm so upset about my sourdough starter I know dying. You're upset. <laughs> I'm gonna go home for winter break, and I'm gonna take my starter my starter with me. It's coming with me. It's never leaving my sight again. It's your child. You can't That's just abandon baby. it in the fridge. It's my baby. And then I'm gonna make delicious sourdough bread over the winter, and it's gonna be amazing. You make all these sourdough grandbabies. That's true. That's true. But yeah, it, like it, it is very much how Twitch works. It, it's like it, it's really easy just to spout memes over and over again, right? Like the 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 frog one, the the Pepe meme, right? Pepe. Where even if it was kind of like the feels bad man, like I, I, I and I'm I'm not gonna lie, right? They're mimetic for a reason. It mm-hmm. like. They're popular because they're mimetic and and yeah. people remember them. Like even me, a a person who I I would at least assume to have some level of human decency. I hope. <laughs> I hope just just a smidgen. <laughs> I I hope I've come that far in 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 like ten years. But uh-huh. even me, I'm not like I'm not impervious to this, right? I I say stupid gamer shit all the time. I say like. Just do something that obviously is impossible, forehead, or like, uh, yeah. I never say Kappa because I think I, I hate Kappa, but you know, I will say things like, oh, mm, it feels bad, right? It's like, yeah, yes. I like Kappa Pride, Kappa Pride is fun, yeah, but then that that, that goes back to the, the problem of like your, your gay emote is also the one that's tied to the sarcasm emote, so people just use it, so people just use it as a no homo button. <laughs> Which is like, but I don't, great. I don't use it that way though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there, there are obvious things that Twitch can do to be more inclusive, and that that includes sure. updating the emote decks with not Kappa Pride, right? <laughs> like things that are. I think it's better too late for, for Kappa though. Kappa is too much of yeah. like defining Twitch now. Like they could never yeah. get rid of. Yeah, I Kappa. mean, it's it's impossible to to get rid of it, right? Yeah. It's just kind of something we have to live with, and hopefully one day we'll be able to reframe the use of that emote to be more uh, innocuous <laughs> and less terrible. <laughs> I, I, it, I, it obviously it's like. The, it's just one of those things, right? It's everything is on fire all the time, always. And we're doing just whatever we can do to keep it from consuming all of us all the time. Yeah. I mean, and, definitely I mean, Twitch has been a platform that has attracted both good and bad. And it's up to you to decide like what part you're going to focus on, in my opinion. Well, this um, is, this is the thing, right? Where yeah. as much as I'm talking about, you know, terrible communities and racists and people who have bad ideas about things generally Mm -hmm. twitch also is a platform where minorities have a voice right Mm -hmm. and this is this is my general feeling about the internet which is that it allows for a lot of terrible things to happen but it is also one of the most egalitarian spaces and it's I'm not going to say it's completely right, but I think it is a lot easier to encounter people that are different from you in, right. in on the Internet. And I think that the Internet is one of the best places and the places where people have the most power with their words. Right. right. And this is obviously this can go wrong. Right. Like you and I both know what Tumblr looked like in 2016. <laughs>
I don't know, right? Is is kind of the end statement. It's like Twitch does a lot of things and sometimes they're helpful to people that need help. But I I mean they say that they want to be more inclusive and it behooves them from a business standpoint to be it's just so hard when you're a financial commodity company, right? And this is the thing about Twitch is that Twitch doesn't build communities, but it does commodify them. Mm. You know, it turns viewership and engagement and conversation into money, which people don't like, but I think is fine, right? Like this is... This is like people, when they interact with you on Twitch, they're performing emotional labor. And Mm -hmm. I am perfectly fine with paying people for that. I'm not going into a Twitch stream with the expectation that the Twitch streamer is going to be my best friend ever. I'm just there to be entertained. And if I interact with them and they they interact back, that's fine. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And I will like to support them because, you know... Everything kind of goes back to this this idea of it's we live in a terrible capitalist society and for the foreseeable future, it's still going to be there. So we <laughs> we have to support each other when we can. Right. Mm-hmm. This is like we have to uplift diverse creators and that includes on Twitch. So, you know, I I give my subscriptions to my friends and people who that need money and like that's how I interface with Twitch. You know, it's not, it's not really a place for me to be part of a community (laughs) and to like, honestly, I don't even interact really. I don't interface with Twitch in general really anymore. I don't even watch that many Twitch streams, which is kind of terrible because I have friends who are streamers, (laughs) but Uh yeah, it's, there is a lot of like misaligned expectation. And I think that's more of a general, cultural current than anything else Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's it has a lot to do with communication too like either on twitch's part or the streamer's part in order to help tailor people's expectations like hey this is a big stream and even though we have slow mode on and you at me uh, I've got like 50,000 viewers in this chat. I'm probably not going to see a lot of your comments, but I'm going to do my best. Like, I think that's a pretty straightforward way of, of tailoring people's expectations of as to how big and uh, what to expect from the streamer's interaction. Um, mm-hmm. And similarly, like like the whole like commodifying like communities and stuff like that, like, like I, I do think that uh, a lot of expectation for twitch like can come from like hey i'm paying you money so read this thing that i gave you and pay attention to me please like (laughs) there's also that that part of of the uh business side and and Mm -hmm. i think like it i don't know it's it's a tricky balance too because yeah it's a business but also like they're trying to do good i i think i i want to believe that they're honestly trying to do good by providing this platform and even as it grows like out of control or like like so big that everyone's on it now uh, yeah i mean i will i will almost never go to bat for a company but i do believe that there are people who work for twitch that care yeah yeah exactly 
So yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's like it's such a weird nebulous space because it's it's the kind of thing that is completely new. We've never seen anything like this. Right. And this is becoming people's primary form of entertainment, where mm -hmm. it's not, you know, you go to school on Monday and you're like, oh, did you see the Saturday morning cartoons? Like, did you see Pokemon? Now it's people go to school on Monday and they're like, did you watch Ninja Stream Fortnite? Yeah. Which is hilarious because I didn't even know who this guy was, but apparently <laughs> he's just like the biggest deal ever and it makes just millions of dollars, presumably. Yeah. I yeah, don't doubt it. I didn't it. know about him till he showed up on the news. I was like, oh. Yeah, but okay. <laughs> and this is this is to the point of of uh building community, right? And how you build mm -hmm. a community matters. Well, so Ninja, the streamer who's who's a white dude, of course he's a white dude named Ninja. Well, he has blue hair. <sighs> yeah. Obviously. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely an anime. I don't know why, but anime. for some reason, every time I imagine Ninja, I just imagine XQC, who's an Overwatch streamer. And every time I imagine XQC, I just imagine PewDiePie. It's like they're all the they're, it's just the same self-replicating, like, white-haired shithead. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to come out and say this. I think I hate PewDiePie. <laughs> like... I'm not going to lie, like, the, the videos that he got popular off of are pretty funny, right? It's like the, mm. oh, I'm so scared of amnesia, right? It's like, ah, oh, having a laugh. But just as a as a general human being, I just, uh, ugh. I don't ugh. know. I haven't, I haven't met the guy. I have watched his content, and I have... <laughs> seen his old content and his new content there is there is a there is a very widely spread clip where he says the n-word yes i have seen that as well uh and apparently that wasn't <laughs> the first time either because he uh kept almost saying it and then being like Oop. so yeah uh, i it's not amazing the, the unfortunate thing about it is that like i have also like had friends who have done similar things but they weren't white but they were not black either they were like of other minorities and i could very easily see how they would say it because they were surrounded by people who said it all the okay. time so yeah, yeah. and so hold, hold but on. that's not the same as what happened with him <laughs> and so it okay. was like i can't understand but i can also not <laughs> Yeah, right. It's it's inexcusable for someone like PewDiePie. He knows better. He should know better. Anyway, yeah. Twitch is re is replacing TV at a rapid rate. Yes. And it is important for Twitch to consider that when they make policy because what they say will affect a lot of people, right? Yeah, they are they are raising kids right now. <laughs> like rather than cable yeah, television. Absolutely. Which was during our, you know, time period, being the our role models, right? Everything that was on cable television, like now, it's streamers are being kids' as role models. <laughs> Which is like, it's kind of scary to me. I'm not gonna lie. It, it's I almost, horrifying. I almost I, have more trust in like corporate overlords than I do in your average gamer. Yeah, like as a parent, like what do you do? You can't like stop your oh, children. Boy. Like, like, like if you go, you let your child watch twitch you know because they they need to have conversations with their friends like how do you stop them from watching something or seeing some horrible commenter or whatever like oh my god 
Yeah, and this has always been the problem with with the internet and how borderless it is. You yeah. you kind of see everything, and yeah, I think this this goes back to you know our talks about about how this this is affecting culture and like you know how a streamer builds a community. Like, let's talk about what you know Ninja had to say, where he was like, uh, I don't stream with women because uh i have a girlfriend and i don't want her to think she's cheating on me like there's so much to unpack there but mm, like it's not it's not amazing when the top streamer on twitch is like i'm not going to stream with women a category of people who are already like kind of shit on by twitch in general because yeah of my my fragile relationship that could be torn up asunder by me looking at another woman because I'm a cheating dirtbag. And I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm sure ninja's whatever. I don't I actually don't care if he's a good person. It's when you uh, yeah. say those kinds of things, you create a current and there is a non-insignificant number of people who will grow up to believe that that is the way that you should interact with women as a man. Yeah. And that's not okay. I, I had mixed feelings about it too, in terms of like, I mean, it is his personal decision, how he's going to run his stream. Yes. But at the same time, it's like, once you get to be as big an influencer as like Ninja or PewDiePie, like you definitely live, like you live differently. You, you live with all these people's eyeballs on you. And they will look to you as a role model, whether you want it to be there or not. And it's up to mm -hmm. you to decide whether you're, you're going to step up to a mantle of, yes, I will be these people's role models. I will behave in ways and, and, and project towards my community in ways that uh, I feel are beneficial to the world or whatever, or to my, my values. And yeah. then there's a flip side of that, like, in terms of like, you know, I don't care. I'm going to be however I am since I've been uh, since day one, you know. Uh, and I think that there's a delicate, like, <laughs> I don't know, kind of balance there. Right. And for him, like his personal values are, I don't want to stream with another woman because like, I feel like it would be uncomfortable, right. In, in regards to my relationship, but it does like, it does set that precedent of like, you know, it's okay to ostracize women from your life in order to like maintain your career in a, in a way. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, so like I, I would understand it also like in terms of like, if he felt that if he streamed with another woman versus, uh, another man, right. Like if he streamed with another male streamer, like no big deal. If he streamed with another female streamer, that female streamer might get like a lot of heat for whatever reason. Right. From, from the community. Like it could be yeah. something, something super inane, like, oh, Twitch or, or Ninja's cheating on his significant other with this person, blah, blah, blah. Like, like that person will get heat regardless. And so if he's yeah. trying to, to spare that person of that, then I get that. But yeah, the whole reasoning of like, I'm doing this for the sake of my relationship security seemed a little bit kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, part, yeah. definitely part of the problem is, is the way that it was phrased. There was, yeah. there's no doubt that. Whatever he said, he could have said it better and yeah. not like that. Right. And yeah, I, I totally agree that part of this is a is a Twitch problem where it's it's like, you know, don't like 
people are gonna be terrible and they're gonna flame whoever you stream with especially if if they're a woman right right because that's the culture of twitch you know it's just to be degrading to women because Mm -hmm. they don't respect women and they don't think that women should look for attention and twitch is literally a platform built on attention so Mm -hmm. it's yeah it i i would i would have gotten it right like i would have understood if he had said it any other way probably (laughs) i think but also but also to the point where it it would have been better i think and obviously like i'm not in control of ninja you can do whatever he wants it's his stream it's not my stream but when you get that big you have to understand that you have a non-insignificant cultural impact and yes um like you have a non-insignificant impact on people's actual lives and i Mm -hmm. feel like if if you were able to get your community to just not be weird about it that would be so so valuable like, like that just would have be an open dialogue about it. Like it felt like that, it was just kind of like sweeping it under the rug kind of thing. Like that this many, is what I'm doing. This is the reason. That's it. Bye. <laughs> right. Right. And like that many people understanding that it's like, oh, you can be friends and friendly with other people that you aren't dating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can. And if, if that was able to, you know be spread throughout his audience i think it would do a non-insignificant amount of good just yeah i with that idea and i mean shoulda coulda woulda right i mean right obviously that's not the way it happened it's not the way it's gonna happen and twitch in general is just gonna continue to be like that but it is important if you have that many eyes on you that you watch what you say in more ways than one like you have to weigh, you know, your actions and 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 the words that you say a lot more carefully, right? And, and yeah. weigh the consequences of like, if I say this thing where I'm like, I'm not going to stream with any more girls or with any girls in general because I don't want it to jeopardize my relationship, then the message that you're going to project is that is 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 like going back to that whole friend zone thing, right? <laughs> like mm-hmm. you can't be friends with the girl and also like not be romantically interested in her at all this is such a heteronormative idea it's like yeah do you think do you think people who are like bi or pan can't have friends like yeah. don't understand how this like works in your mind yeah like i don't know i have a friend of mine who like very firmly believes that like when you have a friend of the opposite gender right it's because you've already ruled them out as a romantic candidate. <laughs> Which is, like, so odd. Yeah. And you I listen, was like, listen, <laughs> we gotta talk about this. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, it's like, listen, like, you just kind of want to grab that person by the shoulders and be like, listen, yeah. you can want to date your friends. That's okay. Mm-hmm. You can want to have sex with them. It's not weird. That's just <laughs> how relationships and people work. Just, like... <laughs> Be mindful about the relationships that you have and yeah. don't screw it up, right? Like don't right. don't make things weird because they don't have to be. Yeah. Even if you both know it's like, okay, we're both friends and we'll probably never date, but we're both like attractive, right? It's like you can want to bang them. That's okay. That desire can exist and you can <laughs> still be friends with them. I mean, 
the, of course that this is another conversation. It's like relationships are confusing and complicated and messy and people generally are very bad at them and have poor ideas about how they work because yeah. of, of the way that they were taught, obviously. Yeah. And like, it's, it's the kind of thing that we're not going to get past for a long time, but yeah, people normalizing that in, in a visible way can go a long way in helping. Yeah, and, totally. And and like you said, the community will self-regulate. You know, people will be like, uh-huh, are you in X dating? Uh, you know, your community will will be like, hey, that's not like that's not cool, right? Like we don't yeah. we we don't do that here, right? It's like yeah. that's like one of the most important things that you can learn to say in moderation, which is that we don't do that here, right? It's not mm-hmm. you can't do that, even though you want to kind of say that. And, and yeah. it's not like you you think wrong, even though, you know, you kind of want to say that it's yeah. saying that, like, this community is not a place where you can express views like that. Right. Exactly. Like, literally last night I was watching this female streamer, you know, playing, uh, I think it was the new Pokemon, you know, uh, let's go on on Switch. And someone came in and said some they basically comment compliment her a little too intimately for Ugh, being a stranger. Gross. And then the moderators were like on it in an instant. They were like, uh, we don't, we don't talk like that here. You, you should not talk like that. Like if you want to do it, do it somewhere else. But like, that's not how we roll here. And that was that. Like it was yeah. easy peasy done. Easy, easy peasy. Yeah. And I was going to say, this goes back to this idea of expectation of parasocial relationships on, on Twitch where, mm-hmm. you know, the implication is, oh, we're going to be friends. We're going to be friendly, even though no such expectation is reasonably expected. And some people, like those people, just, just some, somehow in their brains, I don't, I don't understand this like even a little bit. They're just like, if I compliment this person on their Twitch stream and I give them money, maybe they'll want to date me. Which is like, <laughs> so it's just, it's just like, I, I don't understand it personally but i understand it culturally as like it, it goes back to this entitlement thing where it's just like if i give people things they will like me just yeah okay yeah there's a lot <laughs> there's a lot to unpack there but i mean yeah I, I, twitch does foster these kinds of, of parasocial relationships because that's where the money comes from yeah and but there I mean, are places yeah. on Twitch that encourage it, you know, and uh, yeah, absolutely <laughs> like that's that's like the biggest thing. And this I mean, this is not unique right to Twitch. This yeah. has been happening since YouTube, at least where sure. people expect a level of engagement and personality, I guess, like of, of intimacy. Right. That cannot be reasonably expected from somebody with that big of an audience. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very interesting the way that people interact on mass on Twitch. Yeah, and for better or for worse, this is the this is the turn that we are taking. This is this is our television, right? It's just people. Yep. It is our very interactive, up close television. Uh, excuse up close me, to our entertainers. Ele- Excuse me, um, podcast host, uh, could you uh, interact with chat, please? <laughs> <laughs> and suddenly right. we're on Twitch. <laughs> suddenly we're on Twitch. No, this this podcast will never be hosted because I make far too many mistakes. And 
I need to edit them out. Like, you know, that time today when we were recording where I had to stop three different times to make sure my bread wasn't on fire. <laughs> but you'll never hear that because that was edited out. I can't do that on Twitch. Also, but like, maybe you know, people would love that on Twitch. <laughs> maybe, maybe I would. I would actually do a bread stream on Twitch. That would be kind of fun. Be fun. Not yeah. gonna lie, not gonna lie. Yeah. But anyway, I. I mean, I think that's that's. We've touched on a lot of things, but this yeah. this rabbit hole goes very very deep, more so yeah. than we can cover in even the amount of time that we've we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. So I think for now we're gonna we're we're gonna put a hold on that one. We'll see where where that is in a, in a bit. Um, my friend DC is I think writing an article about this stuff. So Ooh. if that comes out, I'll definitely tweet it out because yeah, tweet uh, it. They, they have a lot of very important and good ideas about twitch and community and i think there needs to be more discussion about it you know yeah i i think so and i think there has to be more discussion about how we interact with each other as as human beings and in general just just (laughs) in general right like i I think people need to understand how to talk to each other i've okay i i've been to twitchcon every year that it has, has gone on yes and i've met a lot of great people there hmm Right, just this past TwitchCon, I met some amazing, amazing people who, Yay. when I, I, and this blows my mind. They, when I talked about my podcast, they were just like, "That sounds really cool," and I was like, "Uh, d- does does it? Oh, <laughs> does it? I, okay. Are you sure? Right? And I'm, I'm just, I'm like so, I'm so grateful that I got to make those, those, like real human connections where I got to talk to people and I got to like laugh and joke. And it felt like I was talking to people and not like I was trying to talk to the human Kappa, right? <laughs> like, I, I, we all and know. You would, and you would, okay, and having been to TwitchCon, you would, you would like be surprised at how many people are just that. I, it is mind-boggling to me how that convention is is set up it's so weird because it's all these people who don't understand how to interact socially except for on the internet interacting with each other in real life and it's like i'm somewhat uncomfortable at this but i can't make fun of you because i don't want to make fun of people with no social skills because that's shitty but my god this is awkward um i'm just gonna leave now yeah i (laughs) You you see them at any kind of like nerdy esque convention because it's I like mean, yeah. ah my people are out and it's time for me to emerge <laughs> right and be, be be very weird it's like uh, mm. yeah but then they'll find other people who are like you know they vibe with and it's okay yeah, God like, Godspeed yeah. to those people I suppose yeah yeah you know God, wish them Godspeed. all the best and all that and <laughs> and I mean I will say I have met a lot of very cool people. Right. It's not yeah. I'm not going to write off the whole the whole thing. But the convention this year was kind of a mess. Oh, yeah, it was kind of a huge mess. I mean, there were a lot of things going on, mind you. Uh, there was heightened security. So the lines were five ever. And Dude, yeah, line con. My friends were so angry. <laughs> OK, this is this is not this is like that. Oh, my gosh. OK, first of all. The Marriott Hotel was on strike, right? There were um, <gasps> people from what? the Democratic Socialists of America striking the area to uh, negotiate for a better contract and maybe to unionize. And 
some people, of course, you know, cancel the reservations in solidarity, and some people couldn't afford to, which is completely understandable. And then there's some people like Tyler Ninja Bleavins, who makes a majillion dollars, who is a scab. Hmm? Well, he decided to stay at the Marriott anyway, even though he could have pretty easily relocated, which is oh. shitty. It's not great. Uh, hmm. Actually, funnily enough, somebody set up a scab stream, and nobody knows who did it, but they set up a stream that basically just watched the the street and looked at all the people who passed the who crossed the picket line to enter their enter the hotel. Oh, I, I mean, I, I feel bad because I have I have friends who were staying there because yeah. Twitch gave them hotel rooms there and they couldn't like basically move them. I mean, some people aren't there by choice, right? It's like you yeah. said, like some people like they couldn't afford to cancel the reservation, blah blah blah. Right, and that, that's understandable. But Ninja can easily afford to. He makes like a million dollars. Like it's mm. no joke how much money that dude makes. So mm. inexcusable, inexcusable. Ninja is a scab. Pass it on to your friend. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> But it was the heightened security because obviously America is a terrible nightmare hellscape where at any moment you could be gunned down by anybody with an assault rifle and some money. <sighs> Which is just tragic and sad that we even have to say it like that. Yeah. But it's it's true. So their solution was to heighten security so that everybody in the convention was safe. And what that really meant was that people were waiting outside in large crowds for five hours at a time. Which... Yeah. Um, the average like, wait time to get into a convention should not be five hours plus. Right. And part Never. of this is because they want to print the badges on site for some ungodly reason. Yeah, it was so stupid. Like people like like literally my friends pre-ordered their badges. They were just going there to pick it up and they were out there literally all day. <laughs> yeah. Like it was actually kind of nutty how bad yeah. that the organization was and yeah. the only silver lining for twitch.tv is the fact that if someone got hurt it wasn't their fault because it happened outside the convention oh my god if someone you know collapses from dehydration or heat stroke it's not their fault they were waiting outside in line for forever but they're pretty, not in pretty twitch. much <laughs> pretty much they really should mail badges no other convention has organization this bad for a convention this big so many yeah. people went there and so many people were disappointed because yeah i would be too yeah. now this is a funny story but uh i got to cheat the line basically a little bit because i was hanging out with people who are partnered and their line is for some reason in the middle of the general admittance line i don't really know how it works it's probably just because the line got too big but that meant i got to be in the line basically at the front so i cheated my way into the convention don't tell uh the twitch you cops. walked past all the masses <laughs> well i got peeled off of my friends because there's only like a plus one admittance to that line <laughs> so i got put right there in the line which was serendipitously way ahead of everywhere else <laughs> which was nice um and I managed to get in the convention, but even then, and at some point they stopped checking bags entirely. So, like, what's even the point? Like, what was the point of the security then? What's the point? <laughs> Everything yeah. about this was terribly designed, and yeah. I hope to God that next year Twitch is is better about this. And it's debatable whether or not I even really want to go next year. Ooh, because I mean, even this year I wasn't. I don't interface with Twitch that much, so I really just hung out with my friends and. 
there are better conventions for me to do that at basically mm. right yeah like yeah, the first yeah. the first couple of twitch cons were nice because i got to meet the people that i was um friends with i don't know like and online this, friends with yeah yeah like yeah i met these people because of of TwitchCon, uh because of adam right yeah and this and, and i mean we've been going for actually quite a long time now but this goes back to the idea of of parasocial relationships which is that uh, a bigger a streamer gets the less likely it is that you know you're gonna become friends with this streamer but paradoxically or maybe not paradoxically maybe logically because people get in early they can become friends with that person right and this Mm, is not exactly the case with with adam and, and i it was more so because i just was a decent human being and I was asked to be a moderator, but (laughs) it is. Yeah. I mean, those people, and this is like, I'm echoing DC's thoughts again, but this is, this is how Twitch streamers kind of set up this facade of anybody can be my friend, right? It's like a social lottery because look at these people, they were just viewers and now they're my friends. Well, those viewers were there when you only had 12 viewers. So naturally you're going to become quite well acquainted with those 12 people. Right. So, yeah, it's it's a very very interesting new social space that we are not quite sure about yet. We mm-hmm. we don't really know how it works yet. Mm-hmm. Or we do, but we're not really sure what that will mean, rather. Um but Yeah, it's a, it's it's a large part of our cultural uh ground basically, our cultural touchstone now. And it's probably not going to go away for a while. It might not exist in the form that we see it now, but I I sincerely doubt that Twitch is now going to go under. At least, yeah, for the next, not for a while. At least, not not for the next couple of years. At least, yeah. Um, especially not at the rate that it's growing, right? Like that's yeah, the, it's the big still thing. It's continuously still growing. growing. <laughs> and this is this is the thing, right? It's like YouTube kind of feels like a dead site now. <laughs> I don't know if you've noticed this, but YouTube feels like a dead site. I feel like no one really uses YouTube, kind of. It's like only the people who make videos really use YouTube, and I watch them sometimes. But yeah, I think it's I feel like everyone's a, kind of moved to Twitch. Yeah, the people who things. are unable to move to Twitch are still using YouTube, right? Like yeah. their content well, is just not for Twitch. Or, exactly. And there's yeah. content that is not for Twitch, right? And that yeah. is valuable and deserves to exist and be on youtube and be seen and yeah. uh to, to my point actually uh at the very beginning this kind of has to do with the idea of let's plays which i think mm-hmm. is such a fascinating space mm-hmm. because i've been watching let's plays forever mm-hmm. and the idea of let's plays has evolved so much and the idea of a let's play kind of has been uh broadened almost to not even be a let's play anymore it's just i'm a twitch streamer i play a video game interact with me whereas you know it used to be that a let's play was a playthrough of a game that the commentator of the game added something of value to right but nowadays that doesn't really exist in that capacity anymore for the most part it's just i'm gonna play a game i've never played for the first time and you're gonna be here to experience it secondhand right like through one level of abstraction and 
I mean, I'm not going to say that this is a bad thing, right? Like, this is the only reason I know anything about Persona 5. And I honestly doubt I would have actually sat through the entirety of Persona 5 if I wasn't watching somebody else experience it. Because sure. some of the... Some, okay, I'm not... I'm going to be honest. I love that game, but some of the parts of that game really drag. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's a part in basically any RPG like that that's it's, it's the it's there's the gonna entire be like a sewer level or like some kind of like inane place that's just like this sucks <laughs> i mean to be fair in persona 5 it's the entire last like 20 hours of the game but yeah but yeah i it's like people don't play games anymore they watch people play games and mm. then they might play games and yeah it is uh, it's interesting to me that you know like even i don't really play that many games anymore <laughs> i i used to i used to play all the cool games and and all the all new the indie cool releases games. and yeah. support my favorite developers but now it's just like i mean i play overwatch and grand blue and i can't be asked to do anything else with my life <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah if i i i do want to get back into to playing games now and again but it, it's very true that games and this is i think this this is part of why i think single player games have fallen off in popularity especially for development it's because when you make a single player game oftentimes you're really just making like you're scripting a narrative and then you're adding action interactive sequences and then you just connect one cutscene to another well if you are a if you are a, an average person and you don't really care about playing the game yourself well, and you'll get the exact experience by watching someone else play it. And I think it, I think it kind of sucks that, like, as a result, people have been somewhat disincentivized to make single-player games. Not to say that there aren't good single-player games coming out, because I think there are still. But yeah. it's people really favor multiplayer games now because of that, right? Things like yeah. Overwatch and Rainbow Six Siege and God knows Fortnite, right? yeah. There's a reason that those games yeah. are the most popular games streamed on Twitch, and before then, yeah. um, League of Legends. I mean, they're they're hitting their stride now, right? Because the market was almost predominantly dominated by single player experiences, but I think it's it's basically going to be like a, a pendulum kind of thing, like or it's going to cycle around to something else, right? Like first it was single player campaign type things, then it's multiplayer open world sandboxy stuff and it's gonna swing back around again because now i've noticed and this includes me is that people are getting really really sick of these like either multiplayer experiences that are all copying each other or not that that's a bad thing but like they're basically almost all the same thing but they're also tired of like these open sandbox worlds that have like basically nothing in them despite like bragging about how much they have in them right nothing valuable right <sighs> and so <laughs> and so it's gonna i feel like to me it's gonna swing back around because like there's gonna be more and more of an outcry from people who are just sick of like all these games that play all the same and they're gonna want their unique single player sp stories again <laughs> so what i think is fascinating is we're going to see in the next coming years, if gaming can stay sustainable mm. as an industry. 
because there's already been a ton of news about, you know, X studio lays off its entire staff or an X studio is not allowed to unionize, right? Like game workers are workers and they should be unionized to essentially assure job security because it's such a volatile industry and you're subject to things like crunch and mismanagement and just running out of money. Like God knows that there have been so many games that closed because they just don't have money. And right. It's like, I'm glad that now those issues are coming to light, right? Like people are realizing that crunch is bad. Yeah. And that it's, it cannot be reasonably expected for people to crunch. If you want to treat your employees like real human beings. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Like uh, the last place that I, I, I personally worked at was a place that like was very proud whenever people were working overtime. Yeah, which like is that. shitty. And it, yeah, it's crappy. It's like <laughs> and you don't wow, realize congratulations. It while you're there. We're yeah. so bad at our job that yeah. we made you work more and have to pay you for it. Exactly. And it, it was like you don't realize it while you're there because you're like, oh, the boss is like commending me for like, you know, having the the tenacity or, or the work ethic to, you know, stay late despite whatever and, and try and finish my project. No, that is a signal that your project was mishandled <laughs> yeah, by someone absolutely. that, you know, either by you or by someone, the, the person managing your project. Right. And right. Crunch is a failure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that's why I enjoy the place I'm working at more now, because like when we do stay after hours, there's like a level of guilt from the management where they're like, okay, we need to make sure that this doesn't have it again. What can we do to change it, right? Mm-hmm. And all yeah. that does have to do with, like, you know, us being a little more vocal about it now, like, because we kind of know better. <laughs> but, like, still, it's like, you should never be proud that your employees are working overtime. Like, yes, you should be proud that they're working hard, but that does that shouldn't equate to working overtime, right? Yeah, they yeah. Should, and, yeah. like, th- this is coming in the light of of, like, oh, Red Dead Redemption 2. People are doing a hundred week hours, which is <sighs> frankly speaking ridiculous. That's that is awful. not even remotely okay. Yeah. It's yeah, I'm I'm glad that people have finally brought this issue to light, right? And that yeah. as as with all things, gaming as an industry should be sustainable and treat employees like human beings. And of course, I mean, I know that's hard because God knows, but money. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Just maybe think about people for once, please. No, that's all, all I companies. ask. That's all I ask of the capitalist machine anymore. I'm like, fine, I guess. I guess we're not going to topple you in the next 10 years, but can you at least think about us a little bit? And then America no. just stares down at us, looks at Canada, looks back down at us and goes, no. Yeah. <laughs> And then they look across the pond to Europe and then they look back at us and they're like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's it. I I mean, we've we've long since gone off the topic, off the rails. We've talked about (laughs) a lot of different things. What are you up to this week and where can we find you on the Internet? I got more commission work, so I guess I'm working on that stuff. If you want to see my progress on that, you could come over to what we've been talking about this whole time, Twitch. I have a Twitch channel called Swandron. I don't have a scummy sheeple community, thank God. We are all 
Like, I haven't run into a single, like, terrible person, which is, like, really, really lucky <laughs> in terms of, like, people who have actually been in my chat and participated. Uh, and I think, again, I'm very thankful to everyone who comes by and helps keep that the standard, you know, in our little community. So thank you to everyone who comes by. And um, I am also on the Twitter and the Tumblr at swandrawn, and I'm on Instagram at swan.drawn. And more Yakuza Kiwami too. <laughs> nice. Yeah. What about you? You can find me on all the places at Literal Soup, including twitch.tv slash Literal Soup, a place where I f stream so infrequently that it's become a running joke in my group of friends. It's basically a Christmas tradition. I'll just like pick up a game and I'll be like, let's play a game. Uh, but please don't expect it of, of me this Christmas because I am probably going to be pretty busy. Or maybe Man, you I'm just not. set I don't people's know. up for that expectation, and you dropped it real hard. Listen, listen. <laughs> it's just I, I'm not a streamer. <laughs> I, I have all the equipment of one, but I'm not one. Uh, mostly because I'm lazy, and I have. Well, okay, it's not that I'm lazy. Even it's just that I have too many disparate interests. I do a podcast. And I watch anime. <laughs> I play Grandpa. I just Grandpa <laughs> fantasy takes up most of it. Though. <laughs> there's a lot of time that's taken up my grand blue fantasy which <laughs> by the way i would stream but it's like the most boring game on the planet to watch so uh oh uh, yeah no please don't <laughs> it is actually terrible to watch so don't don't <laughs> don't ask don't don't ask that of me please please uh, i this week am wrapping up school uh, or <gasps> at least this quarter of school yo so i'm Approach quickly hurtling towards finals week. This uh, this coming week is uh, dead week. And then I'm going to do all my stuff over the weekend once my yeah. finals are posted as soon as possible yeah. so that I can just not worry about it and not yeah. think about school during actual finals week while everyone else is dying. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to have some bread. I'm going to cut into it and see how it is. Woo. I used Woo. a mixture of bread flour and rye flour this time instead of just the bread flour. So I'm super excited to see how that tastes. Uh, I used black pepper and rosemary, which I think will also Ooh. be quite, quite good. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all. That's all I'm up to. Uh, it's everywhere you can find me. It's Twitter. I do a lot of tweeting. I, I do. OK, I will say I am not a streamer, but I am a game designer. Not professionally, <laughs> of course, but I make tabletop games? Question? I don't yes. know. Is it a tabletop game necessarily if it's just like a, uh, a a word fun time? I don't know. Maybe they're like role play games? Yeah, I I'm, I'm, I make those. So you can find that on, on my Twitter page. It links to my itch.io. Uh, itch.io. Itch.io. Good. Itch, itch, itch.io. That's whatever. Whichever <laughs> one you like. You can find them there. But yeah. I, I, I think that's I think that's it yeah. Catch a girl Your fucking heart out No I, I Bake more bread Instead of Betraying Your friends And becoming A terrible person Don't betray your friends Bake yeah. bread Bake bread <laughs> <laughs>